everybody. Welcome Hello. to the Macaw Podcast Unit. Oh, you know what? I, how, this is how I wanted to announce it. What's up, pitches? This is the Macabre Podcast Universe. We exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. I'm Jordan. I'm Micah, and we're talking to you, you, you little pitches. About Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason I'm doing that is like, oh, maybe... Because you think you're so funny and... No, I mean, the the tagline of this movie was Pitch Slapped. Mm. And they, they use it as a pun a couple of times. So, um, and you know, the movie is kind of Mean Girls meets... Uh, 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 a really uh, annoying best thing. in show. So, uh, what do you not agree with that? What do you mean by that? Best in show. Yeah. Th- this movie to me is very much like if Christopher Guest directed Mean Girls. And that's I- interest. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that way. Yeah, I, I was actually going to be talking about that quite a bit. Wow. Actually, yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be talking to all you little pitches out there. <laughs> 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 um but yeah we're talking pitch perfect and um here's here's to, before we even get into it i gotta say something happened in the year 1998 okay well acapella took the world by storm there was a group called straight no chaser yeah. and they were an acapella group they've performed at brit yeah i've seen them at brit okay um unlike you i'm not anti-acapella okay but it is pretty, I think it's, it's had its annoying. day in court. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in 1998, they record a comical version of the 12 Days of Christmas, which I think we've all oh, heard. Yeah. You know, where they do the like I Africa thing this. in there. Go ahead and open it right on mic. No, on the mic. People want to hear it. Quick. Uh, no, up closer. Ah, there we go. Yes. What do you got there, Jordan? Tell us all about it. I got a uh, bubbly orange cream. Mm-mm. Big recommend. I'm drinking it too. It is. It is really good. Yeah, it's probably my favorite flavor. Really? Yeah. It's a it's a dessert sparkling water. It is, it is. I do like uh cranberry though. Or yeah. Cranberry. Don't we have cr- we haven't don't we have had cranberry? cranberry very off? Raspberry? No, raspberry's not quite. I don't or know maybe if it is raspberry. It is raspberry, I think. Um that one's really good. That there <laughs> I'll have to look when we're at the store, but there's one that's like, because usually I like to sip them, but there's one where it's like, I just want to drink it. Mm. Like, like, and it kind of tastes like cola a little bit. Oh, okay. It's really good. Yeah. But I'm forgetting, I don't think it's raspberry, but it's in like a purple slash red can. Cherry. Cherry. Uh, That's the one. The cherry cherry bubbly is so good. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they have some when we go grocery shopping right after this. (laughs) So in 1998, they recorded this video, 12 Days of Christmas, and in 2007, the video went viral. Okay, a little late, but yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's hope for all of us. Things can go viral very late. <laughs> and then that led to them uh, going on tour, reuniting, and having a five-album oh, five like, record deal. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's... That's crazy. That that was back when, like, if you had a viral video, you were, like, a famous person. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, no, that doesn't yeah. really happen no, no, quite no, no. like that anymore. No. And now we have pentatonics. And now we have pentatonics. Uh, yeah. And um, so that happens. And then what I wanted to point out as well, if I can find it, is in 2009, Glee comes on the air. Yeah. And that runs to 2015. Yeah, and in 2009, another show called The Sing-Off on NBC 
comes on the air, 2009 to 2014. Is that a reality show? Yeah, it was a it was a contest, acapella contest. I don't know if it was just acapella. Let me look that up while you. So they were trying. For me. They were trying to to capture their American Idol. Wait, what cha- what channel is this? I believe it was uh, NBC. Um, what was American Idol on? Uh, it was Fox, and Fox. then it moved to ABC. Now I think. But but at this time it would still have been a Fox. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, this was NBC, and the number it was acapella groups. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Woof. And so. But but uh, okay wait so okay no 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 okay go ahead isn't there a thing in How to with John Wilson where he was in an acapella group and they go to an an event yeah. and it was it ended up being a Nexium thing yes wasn't that acapella I think it may have been fascinating very fascinating I forget what the episode was about but yeah it, it was he was kind of saying like he was trying you know to find a group to just be a part of. Yeah, be a and, part of something. And then he almost got um, a brainwashed, scammed, yeah. scammed yeah. probably, but into Nexium. Yeah, well, I think he was like not on board ever. But, no, 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 but he, he wasn't, was in but an like event he was involved was like, in. It was like they, they sponsored the event. And yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, very weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that this movie is like firmly in like acapella has kind of captured at least America. We're kind of obsessed with it. There are two different networks with acapella-themed shows. One's not real. It's a, a drama, Glee. Yeah. And then one is a reality show. And then Straight No Chaser. They're touring at Brit and stuff. They're, on, they're hitting it big. People love acapella. The Pentatonics. Andy, Andy, um, Andy from The Office. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's doing well, it. Uh, here comes Treble. Here comes Treble. So it kind of hits like a zenith where it's like this is like ultimate popularity at this point. And then Pitch Perfect, I think, really capitalizes on that and puts the like this is as popular as this can ever be. When did the book come out? Okay, you want to talk about the book. Spoiler alert to the listeners. When we finished this movie and the credits were rolling, it said based on the book Pitch Perfect. That's what it's called, the book? Yeah. We were so shocked that this is based on a book. How do you write a book about this? So I'm glad you asked, Jordan, because, yes, I wanted to talk about this. And I thought the best way to do it would be to grab an Amazon review from the book and read that Amazon review. So this is a person on Amazon for the book Pitch Perfect, The Quest for for Collegiate Acapella Glory by Mickey Rapkin. That came out um, in 2008. Right around this great time of acapella. This is when it's, you know, rising. Mm -hmm. So this person says this, and this is a little long, so bear with me. I am secretly obsessed with the movie Pitch Perfect, and I noticed in the credits that the film is based on the book by Mickey Rapkin. Even though I really like the movie, reading the book didn't seem incredibly appealing to me. Let's just say the format lends itself much better to the screen. Uh Uh-huh. And ears? (laughs) Uh, What I discovered, though, is that the book is a serious exploration of the fascinating world subculture? That is collegiate acapella. While the movie is essentially a satirical musical comedy, the book dives deep into the politics, personalities, history, and dynamics of the acapella scene at the college level. No. It's an interesting read about a complex world of which I was only passingly aware previously. It's a relatively light read, although the author approaches the subject as an investigative journalist would, dissecting the issue and presenting it in an engaging and informative way. It's not the feel-good experience that the movie is, but it's an enjoyable read nevertheless. 
Interestingly, while the movie is only loosely based on the book, it's obvious that the film's writers based certain characters in the movie on real life individuals featured in the book. Oh, this book is or at least in part is nonfiction. It's nonfiction. Oh, this overall, makes more it's sense. worth reading. That makes a lot more sense to me. And it is an actual journalist who wrote the book. Okay, this makes more. Th- okay, that kinda, now I'm kind of interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if it was fiction, it's like, what are we doing? This yes. is pretty weird. Yes, but that—that's like, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's a, so it's a period piece, nonfiction book, um, and it was written by uh, Mickey Rapkin, who uh, was or is the senior editor at GQ magazine. Okay, and he spent a season covering competitive acapella. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like oh, I'm a little relieved. Kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it goes further than that, okay? Okay. Okay, we're, we're, I mean, I think that's kind of the bombshell, you know, okay. that it's based on a nonfiction book. Yeah. It, you could almost just stop there. Yeah, and, it says based on, and that's the credit, based on, not yeah. inspired by. Yeah. Um. So, he followed the Tufts University Beelzebubs, which is the acapella group. That's their name? And they inspired the tr- Treblemakers in this movie. That that's their name? They're the Beelzebubs, so, sometimes referred to as the Bubs. Okay. Um, and then he also uh, was covering the University of Oregon DeVisi, who were loosely based on what the Bellas became. Okay. Uh, and the University of Virginia Hullabahoos, who have a cameo in the film. Um, so here's – and now I'm going to go one more step – and then you can you can maybe take some stuff away here. The Beelzebubs, uh, so they kind of inspire this whole thing in a way. They're part of. So what? They're the bad boys of acapella. They are the bad boys of acapella, <laughs> oh my and they they've done they've like toured and like uh, you know they've they've like does done it, it work done it. in the same way as uh, it did for college sports where. You have this uh, this treble group is what I was going to say, this acapella <laughs> group um, that's really popular and super successful, but are they not allowed to profit? I don't it? think that's <laughs> the way, uh, but I don't know. Uh, I couldn't possibly answer that question for you. Wouldn't that be funny? It would be kind of funny. Well, no, that would just well, it would suck. Be one that would thing be terrible, but it'd be funny. But these guys, the Beelzebubs, they helped with arrangements on Glee, many of the arrangements wow. on Glee. So they worked on Glee, and then they were also on the show, The Sing-Off. So these guys are ever-present in culture, as we all know. We're all fans of Beelzebub. Wait a second. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> we like the bubs, you know. Uh, they're kind of the bad boys. So that's, uh, I mean, that how, was how the big stuff. bad boys? Of acapella. Well, I, I don't know if they just made that for the movie. Sure. Um, But, I mean, I saw a picture, and they kind of looked like they, they definitely dressed them to look like the guys in the real acapella group. So, I'm anyway. Up. Uh, well. I know how to, well, no, I can spell Beelzebub. It's acapella. Um, what what what's I'm making just, you moan? I'm just so annoyed by this culture. <laughs> <laughs> I am done looking at it. Um Okay, should I cover some actors? Cover some actors and then I'll hit who made it. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Um big movie for her. Yeah. For, I think for both of you and me, big movie for us was fifty fifty with her. That was my I knew who she was after that movie. 
Yeah, me too. Although I'm kind of feeling there had to have been something else there before that. There was Up in the Air before this movie. Which, I've never seen... Is that the George Clooney movie? Yeah, I saw part of it, and I don't know if it was I was too young to get it or if it just was really that boring and so Was it about like the the time when it was fun to be a stewardess, a flight attendant? No, it's about a guy who gets hired by companies to fire people for them. To fire Oh, just fire people. Yeah. Oh, that sounds Is it directed? Uh no, I think it's Jason Reitman. Oh, okay. Who I, did I remember, you know, your favorite Juno? Yeah. Um my actually for me Anna Kendrick is Twilight. She's in Twilight? Mm-hmm. I don't remember her in Twilight. She's Jessica. She's Oh, she's one of the friends. Yeah, she's not a vampire. Yeah. Which means we've covered her, so I'm not going to waste any more time. <laughs> I th- well, I think we got where we needed to get with yeah. her, right? Um, Rebel Wilson plays Fat Amy. I think this is everyone's intro. Well, she was in Bridesmaids, though. Oh, she is in Bridesmaids. Which I had forgotten. I Which was is th- before this movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, the year before. Man, she's so funny in Bridesmaids. Yeah. She's so funny in this. She's also, oh, so we've covered her. Because, oh, no, we haven't covered Bridesmaids. <laughs> we've never covered Bridesmaids. <laughs> what are you talking about? Sorry. Um, she's also in Senior Year, um, Jojo Rabbit, um, Cats, famously. I forgot that she was in Jojo Rabbit. I oh, don't remember and Cats. who she is in Jojo Rabbit. I think she was, like, one of the, like, the woman Nazis. Oh, that's, that. I'm seeing that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Brittany Snow plays Chloe. I did want to see. Uh, so she, okay, I know that she's in Hairspray, which is was big for me at the time. <laughs> oh, it might be for me, The Pacifier. She's oh, in The Pacifier. okay, yeah. Um, a movie that cannot be watched again. It just simply cannot. Yeah. But I did really like that movie as a kid. Yep, I I love that movie. I think that was a rent and watch like two or three times before yeah. we returned it. Yeah. But um I've since seen scenes from it and oh my goodness, it is you don't wanna you wanna let that memory just live like it it did. Yes. Because it, it it's not I will not touch that. It's not a again. home alone or something no. where it's also still good. No one's talking about the pacifier. You know. And you know what? I'll hear like someone on blank check or something talk about it. And since they're a little bit older than us, they talk about it like, oh, yeah, that trash movie that we all yes. know is terrible. They have no nostalgia for it. Yes. So it is bad. And um, she does. There's a couple of funny jokes, though. Can we can we admit that? I actually don't really remember much. I just remember Brad Garrett being very funny in that movie. OK. Yeah. Who is he? I don't remember, but um, I think it's just there's a part at the end that I remember where he's in The Sound of Music. And he's playing a nun, and it's like supposed to be a big high note, and you know, has a low voice. So he's like, Bah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. This is, I mean, this is like, whether or not the movie's good, this is just like a perfect plot for a kid's movie. Yeah. Having recovered from wounds received in a field rescue operation, Navy SEAL Shane Wolf is handed a new assignment protect the five plumber kids from enemies of their recently deceased father, a government scientist whose top secret experiment remains in the kid's house. A little convoluted, yeah. oh, but... No, that's a great. So great. And it worked for the kids, you know? It did work for the kids. It, it all it all tricked us, uh, except for you and me, into thinking that Fast and Furious was good. Probably. There's probably a little bit of placebo. <laughs> not placebo. Uh, oh, why does Fast and Furious permeate <laughs> every placebo. episode? Subliminal stuff going on. Okay, but Brittany Snow also does, does voice acting in um, the Kingdom Hearts video games franchise. Um, she is in Hairspray. She's in Prom Night. She um, had her directorial debut premiere at South by Southwest in March of this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I don't know what it's called and didn't look it up. 
Um, I'm trying to see. Yeah. I mean, she's in a lot of other stuff beyond what I've said, but those yeah. are big things for me. I've always really liked Brittany Snow. She's I great. think I've only maybe seen her in two things now that you mentioned off all of her stuff. She's also does voice acting for Whisper of the Heart. I don't oh, think we've seen that. Uh, yeah, we have. We have. That's the that's the one with the cat in it. Oh, we saw that in theaters actually. Cool, very cool. Um, okay, and then Anna Camp plays Aubrey, the 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 one who's leading the group. Okay. The She's also in The Help from Black, Unexpected, A Little Prayer, 5,000 Blankets, so on and so forth. I haven't really seen her much else. No. Um, Haley Steinfeld's in this movie? What? That can't be right. No? That's what IMDb is telling me right now. What look up, are you look talking up about? Who's Emily in Pitch Perfect. I, yeah, I, I'm on it. I'm on that's, it. That's just wrong. Um. Esther Dean plays Cynthia Rose, another member of the Bellas. Um, she's a Grammy-nominated songwriter. That's really cool. Wait, which all, person? Sorry, I'm trying um, to figure her out this. Esther Dean, she played Cynthia Rose, um, the one okay. where they kept joking about if she was a lesbian or not the whole movie. Okay. Um, she's also in Rio, Ice Age, um, Con- Continental Drift, uh, Quantum Leap. Central no, she's per- in Pitch Perfect 2, Haley Steinfeld. I, well, I don't know why it's... Show me. It says she portrays freshman and Bella Newcomber, Ella, El, Emily Junk in Pitch Perfect 2. I clicked on the wrong one. You did, Jordan. Jordan. Skylar Aston plays Jesse. Was okay. He's in 21 and over, Wreck It Ralph. This is the love interest. Crazy oh, yeah. Anatomy. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yeah. Um, ben Platt is in this movie, and I'm. Kind of impressed that you and I figured out who it was without yeah. having. We're to look not it theater up. kids. We're not theater people, but I think we both were just so like this guy just looks a very certain way. Yeah, could he be that guy that, that they put in Dear Evan in the movie <laughs> because he plays? He's in the Broadway show. Yeah, and he is so old looking. And then, uh, just a fun thing to do right now, if you can, anybody. Yes, yes. Just look up Ben Platt and Dear Evan Hansen, and just look at him on Broadway. And him in the movie. Yeah. It's very funny. So uh, we need to talk about it for a second. Yeah. So, dear, uh, dear, uh, can you look up how old Ben Platt is really quick? Because well, maybe some of our listeners were not aware of this phenomenon. He is phenomenon. Uh, as old as us. Okay. So. Huh? How huh? does he look that old in the movie? How does he look like an old man in the movie? Seriously. He does look like an old man. He is as old as us. Yeah. Are we old? No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> so. He, he, did he make the, or no, he just, he just, just the actor in it. He didn't write it. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So Ben Platt starred in this musical and got a lot of acclaim and, um, it, it, it premiered in 2015. So if he's our age, that's three years out of high school. That makes sense. Wild. You know, you can pull that off. Wild. Uh, but then they did make a movie, and it was years later. And and what they tried to do is they wanted to appease the fans. And sometimes you got to appease the fans, but sometimes you can't do that. You got to make Luke Skywalker turn his back on the Jedi because you got to make a more interesting choice. And they decided not to do the more interesting choice. Yeah. So this movie came out in 2021, and they said, hey, guys, don't even worry about it. 
we got Ben Platt in the starring role. But if it's in 2021, they probably shot it in 2020. Yeah. So by that point, I mean, well out of high school, well out of college. And he he looks older than Tobey Maguire in the original Spider-Man. Yes, he does. Like, much older. I think, because I feel like he's wearing a wig, and I could be wrong. Yeah. But it feels like he's wearing a wig in the movie, and it's something about it. Like, his makeup and stuff makes him look super old. And, And when I saw, like... The trailer, because I was like, I got to see what everyone's talking about here. Yeah. I thought to myself, like, oh, this is, this is like this poor actor who's trying to come up. He's never going to get another role. (laughs) I didn't even know it was the same guy because it was just like, oh, this is like a really bad production. And the movie, I mean, it gets to, it gets the, the COVID blanket because it's November, 2021. But I mean, movies are getting back, and and it it made twenty eight million on a nineteen million budget. Ugh. So not there's not they're not making Dear Evan Hansen two. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's very strange. Yeah. Um. Sometimes when something is so off and everyone just knows it, it just feels like such a relief that we can all unify behind this is a bad decision that mm-hmm. someone made. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Also, this movie is Adam Devine. Yeah, the movie is Adam Devine. The movie is Adam Devine. Um, he is in Workaholics. Yes. Um, isn't it romantic? Uh, Green Eggs and Ham, I guess. Righteous Gemstones. Big recommend from me on that one, if you haven't made it there yet. Um, Jexy and Modern Family. And so, so, so much. He's always a treat and a delight to the senses <laughs> when he's in anything. He had a lot of bl- uh, Jack Black energy for me. In a lot movie, of Black Jack. And that was awesome. Or ja- Jack Black. Not Black Jack. That's the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then Utkarsh Umbudkar um, is also in this. He's like the other guy in the, um, I almost said the Beelzebubs, but whatever the group is called. He's like the other main guy who has like earrings and stuff. He's also he is in Free Guys, Blind Spotting, Britney Runs a Marathon, and others. Um, and then, I mean that's that's about it. I don't you don't have to cover like every single person. Yeah. In this, but yeah, we do get Elizabeth Banks, which is great. Yeah. And then um, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I'll find. It, I'll find. John it, Michael I... Higgins, Michael John Higgins, John. Uh uh uh, and they are pretty great in this movie. They get to do the Fred Willard part in Best in Show. John Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins, okay. And John Michael Higgins is in Christopher Guest movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he might also be a... Who's the commentator in Best in Show? Well, it's Fred Willard, and I think in Best in Show, uh, it might be him. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no. This guy is partners with, and I can't remember the other actor, but he's partners with another person. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what dog they have, but yeah. he, so he has a yeah. dog that's going to be in the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, Besson Show is such a funny movie. <laughs> um, okay, so the movie is directed by Jason Moore, who did the um, I think it was Amy Poehler and Tina Fey movie Sisters. I know Amy what? Poehler's in it, but um, he also did that. You're saying, yeah, and they're sisters. It, that's what the movie's called, oh, Sisters. Okay. Uh, and he did a movie called Shotgun Wedding. The screenplay is by Kay Cannon. She did 30 Rock and New Girl. 
the cinematography is by Julio Macat, who did Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, Home Alone 3, Cats and Dogs, and Daddy's Home, to name Whoa. a few. The music hits. is by Christopher Beck, who did The Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Shazam 2. We've talked about him quite a bit this year. Uh, who Another person on music is Mark Killian, who did um, Wall Street, the Mark Wahlberg show that's out. Okay. Um, where Mark Wahlberg is, like, concerned that there's a TV in the break room. Have you heard about that? What? So this is a reality show. This is a reality show, and it was during the pandemic. And he's going around to his businesses. I don't even remember what he owns. He owns Wahlburgers. Yeah, but I don't think it's that because they have the show Wahlburgers. So That's true. Um, it's some business. It's probably fitness related or whatever. And he goes goes into a break room. I've never not watched this. This is what I've been reported. He goes into a break room and sees a TV, and he's like, "This shouldn't be here. This is like, this is going to distract people from their jobs." It's a break room, though. Yeah, and it's also just, like, classic rich person who doesn't have to do anything, like, seeing uh, just a, a shred of dignity for us fellow man down here at the bottom, and they're like, we should take that away so they're more productive, right? Oh. So, another notch against the old Wahlberg. People don't like him anymore, right? Well, I think people who don't know that in the 90s he blinded a man uh, for a hate crime because the man was, um, I think... I don't remember um, where he was from, but he blinded him and beat him up so bad that the guy is blind to this day. I think most of the time when you tell someone that, it's kind of hard to be like, yeah, he's a fun-loving good guy. And, hey, I believe in forgiveness. I believe in redemption. I believe in hope. But uh, it's tough to be like, yeah, we should keep giving this guy roles who blinded someone. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a little tough. There, there's a conversation there for sure. I don't yeah. know the answers because, again, I believe in hope for people, but, um, you know, that's tough. Uh, uh, but I do think he might, if he's not careful, he's going to start getting into the, like, rock zone because it really feels like, I know that we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but I, I feel like everybody's kind of like, I'm kind of over the rock, and I feel like Mark Wahlberg could get into oh, that zone if he's not careful. No, no, no. If he's Dwayne. not careful. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's huge with Catholics. He's on the Hallowed app. You can pray with him and stuff like that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> is that his app? It, it's, uh, I don't know whose app Gibson? it is. But <laughs> he, you can do, like, guided prayers with Mark Wahlberg it's and gonna, stuff. It's going to sound so, like, kind of bad and weird. But I, I think he, because of, like, including Mel Gibson, they will always be in favor with people, with, with our parents. Like, like with. Yeah that generation <laughs> well and and i mean again I, I you know that's part of my faith is is forgiveness and yeah. redemption and stuff and yeah. so it, uh if that is truly what's happening that's great yeah um but you know it's kind of like if you ever hear about like a it, hey great example like the mars hill church uh-huh. right uh-huh. where it's like this pastor was like verbally abusing all these people and then and doing weird stuff with money yeah and then it's like sometimes the Christian response is, yeah, let's just forgive them. It's fine. And it's like, yeah, but we got to hold them accountable because we can't let them do this to all these people again. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes Christianity can get in that cycle of like kind of just letting usually men of power get away with stuff. Yeah. Um, And it's a slippery slope, yeah. you know. So well, let's talk about Pitch Perfect. <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what happened? Uh, 
but yeah, this movie came out August 5th, 2012 on a $17 million budget. And it's that's a, it? Yeah, it's a huge hit. Wow. Makes 65 in the U.S. and it makes 115 worldwide. Awesome. Yeah, the movie's a damn hit. Yeah. Well, get on that Hallowed app. Right yeah, now. you're you're not gonna see me on the Hallowed app. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so the movie begins, right? Oh, we're there. So I'm a fan of this. Wait, when did you see this movie for the first time? We didn't talk about oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, so I, you know, I see this movie, and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, I'm fresh out of high school, and I'm like. I watch films these days. I watch movies like... I've discovered the top 250 on IMDb. Yeah, I, I like a little movie called Shawshank Redemption. You know, that's the kind of thing. Bring in that. My favorite movie is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little weird to you guys, <laughs> but I've seen the movie Memento, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I'm getting my boots muddy, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm going down into the depths, and I'm like learning about movies and stuff. And uh, this movie comes out, and it's like, ugh, another studio comedy. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know that the genre would die in the next 10 years, and I would be desperate for any studio comedy to be released in theaters. Burp got on there. Oh, good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so didn't see it. And then I was at a friend's house, and he had a bunch of people over, and this movie was on. And I don't know who put it in or whatever, but it was on... You don't know who's responsible? Yeah, I, I think it was like... Because it was a friend that you could just kind of go in and out of their house anytime. Yeah. You know? So I just kind of show up. And I think the movie had already been playing. And I kind of sit there and I'm kind of thinking like, whatever. And I'm like, this is pretty funny. And then like another scene would go on and I'm like, you know? So I wound up watching probably 50 to 60% of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is a funny movie. Like, mm -hmm. that's pretty good. Um, and then I never revisited it. I never watched it, never saw the other two, um, and, and... And now but, here we are, and you've seen it. And now I've seen it, yes. What about you, my love? I think Yeah, that, we're married. I think that... Uh, I remember, like, yeah, when this movie was coming out, I was like, I don't watch movies like that about girls being girls, being in love, well, for, and You were singing. watching movies like The Seventh Seal. Seven Samurai, uh, Lahane, you know. Three movies I've not seen. <laughs> um, Breathless, Jean-Luc Godard, you know. You're watching oh, these types mm, of films. Wee oui, wee, oui. chef's kiss. Um, so when this movie was coming out, it was just so much like, I'm so uninterested, that is so dumb and everything. And I'm sure my fr friends saw it and were like, it's really funny. And it's like, it can't be. It's not Rushmore. Yeah. Um, or, 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 you know, you're kind of weird and twisted. So you like, you know, the most populous filmmaker alive. You, you were like, I like The Dark Knight, actually. And Batman <laughs> that Joker, Begins. He's the funny one. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure the situation was my mom and my sister wanted to watch it. Yeah. And it was a Friday or Saturday night. And it was like, we, hey, we got, we got this from Blockbuster. Let's just watch it. And it's like, fine, whatever. And it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah. So did it live live in your brain as like, that's a good movie or? It's a fine movie. And I still feel that way. Oh, Okay. Okay. I don't like acapella, Micah. Yeah, yeah. It is really annoying to me. Uh-huh. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. 
You know when you sometimes when you watch musicals or something. Yeah. This doesn't happen to me often, really. But ever sometimes when you're watching a musical or an acapella thing, when the people are performing, uh-huh. there's something about it that makes me feel embarrassed for them. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what and you I mean. And I know other people feel that way. I'm not alone. And this movie I feel embarrassed. Well, I, I think I I think the thing that that acapella can really get into is when you are covering pop songs and mm-hmm. when you're covering rock songs, you are, I don't know how to quite put it, but but you're basically taking something that is steeped in like an entire decades and decades of how those things are performed. Yeah. So like when you go to a rock show, there's an expectation, even if you've never seen the band. Yeah. And when you see people who are really good at singing all together in suits or however they're dressed and they're doing a rock song and there's no, for example, the, the instrument that makes rock music guitar Mm -hmm. and no drums. And when they're screaming, it's like perfectly in pitch and sounds really nice. It's like, that's antithetical to what rock is. Yeah. So it feels embarrassing because they're like, come on, we're rocking out. And they're like, la da 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 da. And yeah. a lot of vibrato and stuff. Yeah. And so, oh my gosh, I, I can't handle it. <laughs> and, and pop music, it actually, I think it actually translates a little better to pop music because pop music is, especially in live performances, very like, look at me. I'm going to perform and show you something sure. you've not seen before. Sure. But even that, it's like pop music is also steeped in like a lot of sexuality and stuff. And seeing, you know, people come out and be like, again, be like, I am sexy and I know it. <laughs> it's a little like, uh, not really, <laughs> you know. So I think that's why inherently it can be embarrassing. Yeah, but um, it is. having said that, I think it can be a lot of fun. And um, I but then there's also the component of it. It's annoying. It can be annoying. No, it can it be is. annoying. It I, is annoying. I, I, I am not anti acapella. I think it can be very cool. Um, I'm not saying it's not impressive. Part of it, it is doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take talent to be really good at it. it yeah. Like any art form, it is an art form. Yeah. It is not an art form for me. It, it is a, like a mental barrier that I cannot get across because I am embarrassed by yeah. it and just simply annoyed by it. It just feels like people are showing off. Look what I can do with my mouth while I stand here and snap my fingers. Well, and and the other element is it is seeing a cover band. Yeah. Because if you're if it's not uh if it's if, not a, if you're not covering a song. It's choir. Yeah. You know, and um And don't get me started. <laughs> Whoa, you're anti-choir? <laughs> um yeah, so I think it I think it is inherently silly. I think I mean, I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember, but I saw a straight no chaser. And I feel like they are very aware of that fact. So I had a g- great time at that show. Okay. Um, I, you wouldn't like it. No. Uh, but Don't take me. No, I, I didn't ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's why. So yeah. that's why it's goofy. Now, here's why I think the movie goes from, like, fine, like you said, to really good. It's not quite great, I don't think, but it's really good. I, I, I think this movie's really, really good. And it is because they are playing that aspect of the movie up that quite a bit. That it is silly. Yes, very yeah. much so. And this is when I get into my Christopher Guest of it all. Okay. So Christopher Guest, for those who don't know, he uh, directed a bunch of movies. Uh, I believe they're all mockumentaries, except maybe one. Um, 
And uh, he's done This Is Spinal Tap, best in uh, show. Rob Reiner did This Is Spinal oh, Tap. Okay, but, but that's a Christopher Guest thing. Yes. Big Christopher Guest. Stars thing. in it, writer. Yeah, I you forget know. about that. But yeah, it, it's a Night Before Christmas Tim Burton situation. Yeah. So anyway, he's done a lot of those movies mm-hmm. um, that that have that mockumentary style and, and kind of developed it, maybe perfected it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when this movie begins, you have uh, – it's an acapella um, competition. Uh, competition. By the way, they do the Universal logo with an acapella version, which I, I – more movies need to do – Yeah, it's fun when they do stuff like that. Yeah, like Scott Pilgrim has the like mm-hmm. 8-bit um, – of, I think it's universal again, um, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so they they're there, and you have Elizabeth Smart and John Michael Banks. Higgins, uh, Elizabeth Banks, and John. Is, is Elizabeth Smart the person who got kidnapped like years and years ago? I don't know who that is. Oh, I I think that was of someone who was kidnapped for like over a decade, and then was found and stuff. And I think. Wow, I you, don't you, know. I think I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Listeners, call in. Uh, so they are commentating on the event and they're saying, you know, very sardonic, hilarious things, but they're very into it. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was like, oh, this is like a modern Christopher Guest movie. And I feel like the whole movie has that satirical edge to it and bite that, that, that is like, yes, the movie does like acapella. Uh, it's not like anti-acapella. It's not. Yeah, true. It's not like a satire that, um you know, Chris, uh, Chris McKay would make. Okay. Or Adam McKay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm really messing up the names yeah. today. Adam McKay, where it's like, I'm going to do Vice and show you how much all these people suck mm-hmm. satirically. This one is like, no, 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 we we like this, but it's pretty goofy. Yeah. And so you have commentators at an event, which that's hilarious right off the bat. But then yeah, they're uh, calling it like a sports event. We we were asking ourselves who was who was who were they commentating for? <laughs> this is a listening based competition. Yeah. Why do we need commentators? And there's also an implication. And there's a host. Right. There's someone right, there right, running right. it. There there's an implication that they uh, used to do acapella. There is. You know? I think they've said that. So there's kind of a jealousy, but they get to say things. You know, like oh, it's the bad boys. They're yeah. back. Like the troublemakers are here. Thank goodness, oh, the Bellas are on. They're going to do their same thing. And so they get to provide that, like, breaking of the fourth wall that a mockumentary typically does. Yeah. But, uh, of course, uh, Christopher Guest movies break the fourth wall and they have commentators. And I just feel like the whole um, the whole competitive part of this movie was very Christopher Guest-esque. Okay. Specifically Best in Show. It reminded sure. me of that movie. Yeah. Um, and so... That to me was like that. That's why I think this movie's really, really good is because of that element. Okay. Um, now, on top of that, I do think there's a fun Mean Girls element to this movie, mm-hmm. um, and like a high school. Well, it is college, but it's you know coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's it's Mean Girls directed by Christopher Guest. Okay. Um, what that's do you, interesting. What do you think of that take? I like it. You really? Yeah. Tell me more about how you like I it. I don't think the Christopher Guest thing goes very far for me, but <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, I never thought of the Mean Girls element too, but that also makes sense. It's fine. It's yeah. a fine movie. I think it's good. I think you're shortchanging it, Jordan. Okay, maybe I am. And uh the reason you're you're shortchanging it is because of two names. Adam Divine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the guy kills it in this movie. Oh, of course. 
He's right so off funny. the bat, coming onto the stage, just dancing like a fool and being crazy. And and he he is like the again, he's like a Christopher Guest character where he is actually he's playing it like he is in on not in on the joke, but his character truly believes that this is cool. Uh-huh. That he is cool because he can sing these songs. Uh-huh. And he's so not cool. Yeah. Well, I like that they point out that they they can't get girls. Yeah. But they act like they can yeah. because <laughs> yeah. they're so popular. That's yeah. a very funny touch. And then they set up right at the beginning when the Bellas come out that it's it's so crazy because it's an all-lady group. Yeah. Um, because no one can hit a bass note, so they always don't sound that full. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a funny note. Um, yeah. And th- while doing their performance, they all look like flight attendants, and they're singing uh-huh. just a very old, like an old, tired song. So they're just very boring and yeah. traditional. Um, and then Becca barfs. Yes. Projectile vomits. And that's when I'm like, oh, this movie's not taking itself that seriously. Yeah. We got projectile vomit, you yeah. know. Um, but then then we're introduced to Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. And she comes to college. She's clearly She's a DJ. Cool. She wears a lot of eyeliner. Yep. Um, and a lot, like, big, big combat boots. She seems like someone who maybe her parents don't quite understand. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm teeing up to tell a very embarrassing story about myself. Okay. Uh, that I could only do in the private ears of our listeners. Okay. And I don't even know if you know this story, but it's embarrassing. So you went to college? I went to college Whoa. for 14 years. Whoa. <laughs> no. Uh, Anna shows up. And then Jesse, is that the character's name or the actor's yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. No, it's the character's name. He pulls up and he looks at her and he's like, he's doing carry on my wayward son and like kind of says hello. He thinks he's so cool yeah. while he's doing it. You've done this to a girl. Not quite, oh, okay. but pretty dang close. What happened? So there was a point when I got into Metallica. And I was in high school. You got into Metallica in high school? Yeah, I believe I was a senior in high school. I don't did I know that? Or maybe a I junior. Thought you never were on board with them. Actually, maybe a sophomore. I, I was, and then I quickly got off and was like, I hate him. And then I watched and then you saw the documentary. documentary. And like the best band ever. No, no, they're not the best band, but uh I really respect I have a lot of respect for Metallica. Whatever. Blow past it. Uh I don't really like the music. Yeah. But they had this song on um one of their one of their albums, it, it, it had like a coffin on the front. I think it was called Death Magnet was the album, okay. I think. And then the song, I can't remember what the, you know what? I have to look up what the song is called because it's it's important to you know. You said you're a senior in high school? Uh, I, I think I actually may have been a sophomore or junior. Okay. Because uh, I think by senior year, I'm in Seons and I'm definitely like, oh, Metallica I'm into sucks. Coldplay now. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> when I got into Coldplay. Yeah, so, okay, let's see. What are the... Oh, but this album came out in 2011. Junior. Junior. Oh, no, it came out in 2008, so it could be any time. Okay, so let's look at the track listing. Um, It was a song... uh, Yes, a song called All Nightmare Long. Now, this song (laughs) is embarrassing. To put it into reference, it is a 7 minute and 58 second song. Okay. And I learned how to play the guitar on this song. Uh, wow. By ear. Wow. Learned it all. I was, so I was proud of myself. And we were over at Hello, Taylor Brown. We were at your house. <laughs> and I believe Davis was there. 
and maybe Jake. Made them all listen to you play And it. maybe Anna was there. Yeah. It's so much worse than that. What? I stood up. I can't even believe. You, you did the air guitar to it. I think you have told me this. <laughs> I played the song, and I was like, I know how to play this, and I air guitared the entire song. All eight minutes in front of them just sitting there like kind of bored. Like oh, what's going that on? Is so embarrassing, Micah. Is that not like that is like one of the worst Who musical things I've are? ever done in my life. Yeah. And and I think Did you at what at any point of those eight minutes did you think they're not into this? I don't know. I'm starting to feel ashamed. I don't know what I thought. Because I, I don't think I thought it was all that weird. Well, you are kind of a weird person, though, Micah. You were you you were kind of like, yeah. sure, hey, I think this is cool. Surely everyone else is going to think this is cool too. Yeah. So, uh, Taylor, please tell me. Uh, you can tell me now, and you can be honest. What in the world did you think when that happened? Because that's crazy, <laughs> and it's so long. Yeah, that's not. Good. And I think there were a couple. I you know what? I vaguely remember someone being like, "Okay, we kind of get it," and then me being like, "No, no, there's another part coming up." <laughs> But no, I, I would imagine maybe I was playing it off like this is a bit that I'm doing. Oh, I'm sure you did. But like because you're Micah and you're like, I can still spin this to where now I'm a funny person. Yeah. Because this isn't impressing them. Yeah. So pretty, pretty bad. Wow. And that's only one of two embarrassing stories that are going to be happening on this podcast. What's the other one? It was what happened while we watched a movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I, I listed when that happened. So, okay. um, <laughs> yeah that's pretty wild i can't say i've ever done anything like that no i think i have too much shame in my life I to think that i could get away with that you could call me a oh no i'm forgetting the expression not someone who's in and only wants to be around themselves but someone who's An out extrovert that's the word yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway so anna's walking around and she's like she wants to be a DJ and a music producer. All she wants to do is get her butt in LA, get her feet and toes in that sand. Yeah. Um, to pursue music. College is a waste of time. But we find out daddy is a professor uh -huh. at the college. Um, so she has a full ride. Um and I don't I don't know if they actually say that, but He's he's like he does say it's free, so oh good yeah. for her, goody goody. Yeah. So um, she her dad's making her go to college because believes education is important, and he he will allow her, he he will help her get to L.A. to pursue her dream, but she's got to go to college first. Yeah, that's the that's the deal. Um, and we find out that her parents are divorced and she has a terrible relationship with the stepmom and kind of a weird relationship with her dad. But she also kind of seems like I'm 18 or 19 and like everybody's out to get me. I don't me. care any about yeah. anything. Um, so this is her lot in life right now. Yeah. And it is, it is kind of smart screenwriting. It's economical to have yeah. her set up as a DJ because then when she wants to mash up the songs, it's like, yeah, I get it. Oh she yeah. She was been doing this her whole life basically. Yeah. And then yeah. Jesse, his roommate is Ben Platt, uh, who is really into Star Wars and um, really into close-up magic. Yeah, that, yeah. that was funny. He's pretty funny. He is funny in this movie. Um, the, a thing to know, I mentioned this in the 22 Jump Street 
Patreon. Which is coming out next month. Next month. Yes. You can cut that if you don't want. No, no, no. No, no you guys should sign up for Patreon. It's yeah. patreon.com slash Micah McCaw. You're going to get extra episodes. And, and this that, month it's 21 Jump Street. Next month it's 22 Jump Street. Go. And that I get into like, because that's a college movie and this is a college movie, how they represent college. Yeah. It was fun to watch both of these movies so close together uh, because this movie, I think, does a terrible job of yeah. showing. Um, Says the private school college girl. It was not. It was not wonderful, and by any means, it was very still run of the mill classic college dorm. Um, so when she was settling into her dorm and unpacking and stuff, and we're seeing the dorm, it is a very small room. It is. Uh huh. But it is so unrelatable. They yeah. have built-in shelves. Yeah. Um, I couldn't understand where they put their clothes. Uh huh. Like I don't know where they would have room to do that, and then um. She had like the biggest desk. She had like know, a yeah, corner yeah, yeah. desk. And I, I just don't know how you could fit that in a room. Yeah. In a dorm room. And, and maybe there are some colleges where this is a thing. Nah, probably but not. But I just think like most of them for a freshman dorm. Do you think, do you think businesses that beg their alumni to give them money after they've already graduated and given them thousands of dollars can afford to have uh, 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 shelves in the walls? I would think I would think not. I don't think so. <laughs> so just a funny, a funny note. Yeah. Um, so we, we don't see anyone ever go to class, do we? I, I know that's not part of the movie, but we're no, never we in don't. a classroom at any point in this movie. No. Okay. I just am now thinking about that. Yeah. Um, the more you know. The most, the most, the closest thing we get to so seeing someone get an education is when she does her internship with the, the college radio. Yeah. Yeah. That's the closest. Do you want to talk about that? Um, we can. Or should we talk about the fair? Because the fair is the, the fair. next scene. So then there's like the fair, you know, join all the clubs. And the this is pretty funny because the troublemakers are doing a performance and Ben Platt is like, oh my gosh, these guys are gods, so basically. So he's really into Star Wars, really into cl close-up magic. And really, and into, really acapella. into acapella. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, Basically, he you know he goes up to them and they're like, "Wow, you're you're so weird that I can't be around you. I need to like wash off your weirdness." Uh, and then Jesse has a great voice, so you know they like him. Yeah, it makes no sense to me that and, and this is a, I know it's a joke, so this is why yeah. I, like I think it's funny. Um, but when Ben Platt is, is talking about how much he loves him and everything, and they think he's so weird, it's like you guys should probably be clamoring for anybody. Yeah. To be super into you. And then, like, he ends up, you know, auditioning and being really good. Yeah. But he does definitely doesn't get in because he's a nerd. Yeah. And it's like, I think you guys need him on your team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the Bellas are trying to recruit, and they, they, they want to make it this year. They really want to do it. They lost, like, most of their people from last year. Yeah. Because of the incident and because I think a lot of people graduated. So it's Brittany Snow and the other girl, Becca. Yeah. And I thought it was just such a funny joke where they try to get that one girl like, hey, we're doing auditions. And they've tried like this girl's auditioned in the past. Yeah. And she's like, you guys really think that I'm going to audition for you again after you said that I have baloney boobs. <laughs> and then she shows like her her like thin tanked. It is so funny. It's a great. It's bit. so funny. But she's like, there's no way I would ever try and join you guys, especially after what happened last year. Yeah. Um. And then, and then Anna or fat Amy is like, Ooh, I'm into this. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like crap, like, because they, the Becca wants these, you know, like 
blonde, blue eyed, Mm -hmm. you know, like everybody's a beauty and they have a beautiful voice. So she sees fat Amy and she's like, no way, no way. She doesn't understand inner beauty or Mm -hmm. outer beauty for that matter. And, uh, so then Anna comes up and she's like, Ooh, you should join. You're a hottie. (laughs) And then she's, uh, she's like, no, I might be a hottie, but it's because I don't get close to people. I don't give an F. Yeah. My parents were divorced, okay? <laughs> so, um, you know, she walks away, but then she meets her dad later, and he's like, you're not even trying at school. I'm not going to, I will let you go to LA, and I will pay for it if you try a club. Wow. The movie set up. Get there we involved go. in an organization. Yeah. And and she had said to um, Brittany Snow, like, I I don't know how to sing. Yeah. Cut to showers. Yeah. And she's singing Titanium by David Guetta. And then Brittany Snow opens up the curtain yeah. and is like, oh, my gosh, are you singing Titanium by what? I forget who it is. So she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, David who, Guetta. By David Guetta? You know that song, Titanium? That, no, that's what Anna says. She's like, you know that song? Yeah. And we're like. I this, knew I knew about that song. This at that song time. was you and couldn't I did not escape listen to the radio. This song, yeah. So you can't you can't pretend like it's some B side from the Shins or something like that. No, 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 no. Pretty good pull there, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so and and so she knows that she can sing. Then they do acapella tryouts. Uh huh. And this is a funny bit. There's great bits in this. You know, they're all going through. I'm not going to try to explain the bits. Good stuff. Um, as far as the filmmaking goes, it's, you know, it works. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing really to write home about, but that's kind of what you need in this. Oh yeah. Um, then Anna comes up and she's like, I didn't know we had to do a song, so I'm just going to do this song. She sits down and grabs a cup mm-hmm. and she does the cup song. Jordan, take it away. And that's when I said girls across the nation when they saw this, were like, I have to learn the cup song. This thing swept the nation like it was straight no chaser in 1998 <laughs> doing 12 Days of Christmas. Did I'll you tell warm you up what. Before this podcast, <laughs> am I firing on Did all you cylinders? Do some improv <laughs> games. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'll take that. Uh, yeah. It, so th- this scene's happening, and it's so it's like I remember seeing this scene before seeing the movie. And in any wow. context, like, like it was like floating around Facebook and you or were something like, like that. Like Andra, 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 Anna Kendrick. No, no, no. Maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it was 50, 50 that, that got me 50, into, 50? uh, Anna Kendrick. 50, 50. <laughs> um, and so then they're like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. She was able to flip that cup up and down and keep time. And so and her voice good. And, and you know what? I think this spurned. Something else in culture, which was the cup stacking. Do you remember this craze? Yes, that I do remember that. But that I remember more from like middle school. Yeah. Because I feel like that was a PE thing. It was a PE thing, but it, it remember there was like competitive yes. cup stacking. And I think that part of this movie, being as popular as it was, like skyrocketed cup cup stacking. Probably it in is, popularity. This is a time capsule in ways I did not think it would yeah. be. No, this is this is like when our kids watch it, they'll be like Whoa, whoa, whoa! You got to give us background on like eight things right and now. And that's something, man. I'm, sh- I'm sure every parent feels this. Uh, you know, like your parent has to explain something to you from their teenagers yeah. or something. And some, you know, they're like, "Oh, it was this really cool thing." They're explaining it, and you're like, "That's lame," because yeah. you did not live through that. And yeah. it's lame to you. This, I think, is lame. What thought it was lame <laughs> then? 
So you're and, you're saying you're as cool as our no, kids? No, I'm huh? not saying I'm, that doesn't make me cool at all. I just don't know. I, like, I don't think this movie has anything like cool. Yeah. Of, uh, because of my opinion not being a narc. Yeah. No. Other people will have a different opinion and they will think that's Are you cool. a narc? Are you a cop? <laughs> it, it's just, you have to tell me if you're a cop. It's an interesting time capsule that doesn't represent me. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's like, um, it, th- this is not what you're saying, but um, at the time of recording, Bo is Afraid came out and there was this pretty famous tweet where this guy was like, and this happens every once in a while, and and it's just so stupid. Where he's like, "Bo is afraid." I can see why people like it, but there was absolutely nothing that pertained to my life and nothing that was oh, in okay. my experience. So I think the movie is bad, and yeah. I don't think people should watch it unless you have that ultra specific experience. And I that's a tweet that comes up every now and then. Well, someone like like someone, will say someone tweeted like that, that and, yeah. and someone will say something like that about some movie where it's like this is so unrelatable. It's ba- that therefore it is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, have you seen a movie? Yeah. Like I also didn't like my dad wasn't Darth Vader, and I related to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like people have no literacy. I'm not saying that about this. No, I know you're but not. I, it but just, that is funny. It just reminded me of that because it's like, I was never in an acapella group and I get it. Yeah. Like, that's not how art works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it shouldn't be able to be like, this directly applies to me exactly all the time. Yeah. I didn't fly to space and talk I really about, like Interstellar. living life in a tunnel. Yeah. There's just always, every once in a while, there's a discourse that comes up where it's where you just go, how do these people live? And yeah. what do, what do they watch? Do they only watch like breakdown videos of movies and not watch probably, movies or something? Probably computers tweeting that. Huh? And they want to feel something. And they're actually those tweets are them reaching out. Oh, now and I, think I you feel reach bad. Back. Now I feel bad. Yeah. Back to the movie. <laughs> so, um then then they they have their initiation and they get in the group. Okay. We're introduced to the quiet girl. Yeah. Who talks very quiet. Hilarious. Oh, is that what she does? Is that her thing? And yeah, she has this great scene where um, she had this line, and Micah said, the, "The movie's not getting better than that." That was it. It's There's true. Not a better joke. Um, because she, I don't remember what she says before this, but she says something. Um, oh yeah, she says she asks like, <laughs> no, "No, no, I remember." Okay, I remember. Okay. She goes, um, "Cause they're like, we can't repeat what happened last year," and she goes. What happened last year? And then, and then uh, people like don't. They're remember. like, "What did you say?" And she's like, "And do you want to see a dead body?" <laughs> That's so good. And I mean, I'm always a fan of that. So throughout the movie, she, it'll cut to her, and she will say something like that. Yeah, love that. So I, I, that's such a great bit. I light small fires to feel joy. <laughs> yeah, and that guy here, and he's like, "That's really cute." Yeah. <laughs> now here was something that we also needed to talk about, time capsule wise. Oh, okay. And that is nostalgia of music and nostalgia in general. Yeah. Because when this movie is going, these are songs that played in high school all the time that they are covering. Yeah. And they are songs that I vehemently hated. Yeah. And thought were basically attacks on American ideas and American cultures. Oh, we're, okay. And the Christian nation. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, These were just songs that I thought, as a musician, I was like, these are an affront to me. Uh-huh. I hate this uh-huh. music. Uh, not all the music in this, but a lot of the songs. Watching it now, when I would hear something like, higher than a mother effer, starships, 
I'm meant to fly. I'm messing up the melody, but I was like, I was like, oh, this song's so great. Is how I felt. Really? Even though because of nostalgia. Because of nostalgia. Because the song I don't think is good. Yeah. But it 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 was like, oh, this and and you were like, that's what nostalgia does. You know, it's like it takes you back to a simpler time. And so I'm hearing these songs that I heard when I was young, and I'm like, oh, this is a good song. It's not a good song. That's yeah. a terrible song. But yeah. anyway. I, I agree with that. I didn't um, in high school. I exclusively listened to Escape the Fate, <laughs> My Chemical Romance, My Chemical Foo Romance, Fighters, Foo Fighters, and um, more than anything, just MCR. So I didn't have a wide range of things, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I did not want to. <laughs> right. So I also did not like these songs in right. high school. Did Did you feel that they took you back in any way? Or no, no, they did. They do make me feel nostalgic too. I I totally agree with what you're saying. It did remind me. Um, so when I first got an iPod, which maybe maybe it was middle school. Uh huh. Um, and I remember one of the first songs. Do you remember like one of the first songs you ever put on your iPod? I don't know if I do, actually. I remember one of the first songs I uh, ever put on my iPod was Shake It. I don't know if that's what the name of the song is by Akon. Uh, oh, is that the Shake Your Money, Make It Like Somebody About To Pay You? No, it's I see like... you on my radar. <laughs> no, it's not that one. But, but it's just so... It's such a terrible song. Uh-huh. And it's... And, and like... It's, it's such so, a gross song. It's hilarious imagining you being like, I'm going to put a rap song on my phone. <laughs> I or iPod being one of the first uh, songs I got downloaded off iTunes. Yeah, I remember buying "Snap Your Fingers." What's that? By Lil John. Oh. Snap your fingers to yourself. You can do um. it all by yourself. <laughs> Let me see you do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I heard that song and I was like, "This is crazy." I what? love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. Um. But then once I got more into high school, I was like. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm listening to real music, you know, like Bach and Mozart and Beethoven, you know, and watching movies by John Luke Godard and 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 Akira Kurosawa, you know. I don't have time for this stuff. Yeah. Um you're annoying. <laughs> so, speaking of nostalgia, they have this big party with all the people who've made it into a cappella. And then later they're like, hey, Bellas, you can't be with the Troublemakers. Mm -hmm. And you better watch yourself, Anna, because you have a toner, which is a musical boner. That's funny. Yeah. That's a good bit. And uh, then we find out that Britney Snow – and this is when I remember seeing this scene at Jake's house. And uh, it was – How dramatic it was was very funny to you. It was so dramatic where she's like, I have notes. And everyone's like (gasps) – And she's like, I have notes nodes and of course nodes are actually a pretty serious thing yeah but the way that they present it and stuff and this again is a very christopher guest kind of thing okay yeah sure like bringing something like that and then having at the end of the movie because of the nodes and the surgery she's able to hit low notes mm-hmm. that is a very christopher guest <laughs> element okay. to this movie um i they, you know what the, i think the only thing that would make this movie that this this would take the movie from good to great is if there was a character played by Parker Posey in this movie. Uh-huh. And then it would be like, okay, we're we're full on. We're there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she is like, I am living last, with notes. Those last Oscars, the most recent ones, when they kept cutting to Jamie Lee and us and our friends every time were like, oh my gosh, I forgot she was married to Christopher Guest. Yeah. I Well, I don't think our friends knew who that guy was. But you and I Someone were saying, said, I oh, that was, was that was uh, Trevin. Trevin oh, and okay. Alicia. But okay. I don't think our other friends have any idea who Christopher Guest is. 
I bet that they've seen some of those movies. Well, they so. have. I shouldn't say that. I apologize, friends. Um, because yeah, I know that the Phelps love Best in Show. Yeah. I was being a little. Well, you know, I just don't have time for. Okay, let's move forward. <laughs> um, I so here's another thing. I'm not sure that Jesse and Anna have chemistry. Yeah. What do you I think? Think I agree with that. It, it's just I don't know. I just don't really care what happens to them. It felt kind of bogged whenever they were getting. But maybe down. part of that is because her character doesn't want to get close to anyone. Yeah. So they were flirting, but yeah. it was very on the surface. Right. I, I think so. Like his thing is he wants to be a, mu- a movie composer, film composer. Uh-huh. And he throws out all of these classic movies with wonderful film scores yeah. and finds out that she's never seen any of them because movies are so boring. Um, yeah. But then he. He shows her she never makes it to the end. Yeah, and and then she said something that um that I've heard from just a lot of people throughout my life that always irks me when people say this. Yeah, but um she said like it's just movies are just predictable. You can just it's like this oh guy falls in love with the girl, the person did this. We don't even know, and it it always irks me when someone you know it's like what did you think of this movie or even like anything you consume like a book or something and it's like oh i thought i knew it the whole time or it was like i was really trying to figure out what was happening here and i just had i totally knew it it was so predictable or it wasn't predictable and it's like you you base you your enjoyment on a thing on if you can predict what's going to happen or not you just don't let it happen to you yeah that drives me bonkers drives me crazy because it's going in with such a limited view well, and and it, and it is going in with a view of like I value the plot above everything else. Yeah, that that is that is what you value. You value character A goes to location A and does B. Yeah, like that's what you value in a movie, which is like you're you're not you're not letting the 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 the, the um you're not letting like story and character and just like the mood that the movie mm-hmm. is setting. You're not letting that happen. Mm-hmm. And you're not enjoying the journey to get there. Yes. And that, yeah, that that really irks me. The only movies where it makes sense are like whodunits of and course, stuff where a mystery is built in. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. They're, they're inviting you to, that's, to try and yeah, figure that's, it out. Yeah, that's part of what it is. But if you're sitting there watching Pitch Perfect and you're like, that was predictable. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I also knew exactly how the movie was going to end before it started. Mm-hmm. I was I was interested in the journey and the characters. Mm-hmm. Not Yeah, that drives me nuts. But anyway, so he, um, as they're spending some time together and bonding. Yeah, he, he does say not liking movies is like not liking puppies, which I love and yeah, I, I definitely attest I to. Um, he kind of, in all those scenes where he's talking about movies, I was like, gosh, was am I this annoying to people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he shows her the end of The Breakfast Club. To tr- yeah. try, try and show her how. And not like the last 20 minutes. He shows her. The last scene. The last scene. Yeah. Where he, you know, does the fist pump. Yeah. Um, which we, you know, call in for this. We were talking about what is the best freeze frame ending of a movie. Yeah, because that one rocks. Um, and that is incredibly iconic. And I propose potentially Rocky is maybe more. And that is a good one, too. But, but there is something poetic about... You know, Rocky goes forward. Breakfast Club, he freezes in this moment that he has in his life. Because it is such a a a microscopic view on that time in life. You know what? I think the freeze frame in Breakfast Club is better. Because it it thematic, like the freeze frame in Rocky is just like, look, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. But this is like, if only time could stop here, because this is as good as life gets. 
Like this wow, is Wow, I just got goosebumps for Judd. Yeah. Wow. So it's the Breakfast Club. We've we've just Great. done the case. But I I couldn't think of many others. Me neither. If you have one, write in. Not any good ones. Yeah, you can find us at 409 South Hollywood Street in Hollywood, California. We've moved offices. Um, but then they have to ship it to us. It's so annoying. Uh, just text Micah like you always do. <laughs> so then they go to the semifinals. The regionals. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, insert regionals. community joke. Yeah. Oh, do you need me to? Yeah. It's a great joke. Oh, we go to regionals and then we go to semi-regionals and then we go to quarter regionals and then we go to semi-semi-finals and then we go to semi-finals. <laughs> this is your life now. <laughs> this is who we are. <laughs> if you have never seen the community uh, Christmas uh, Glee episode. With Taryn Killam. I, I, even if you don't watch the show, I would recommend watching it. It is so hilarious. Yeah. It is so hilarious. Um. So they go to the finals, and um, it's so great when the troublemakers go because Elizabeth Banks says, the bad boys of acapella just got badder. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she, I think she directs the next movie, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, she And she's a producer on this one, so, yeah. I mean, she's part of it. But she has if, – if we ever had, like, a blank check-style show, I would absolutely want to cover her filmography. Yeah, she's interesting. She has a very strange filmography. I yeah. mean, she did Cocaine Bear this year. Yeah. Like, who is she? What is she... <laughs> like, what stories does she want to tell? Well, one about a bear ingesting a lot of cocaine. And what about Pitch Perfect 2? <laughs> um, okay, so then afterward, the the boys, like, win the, the final. Or, like, but that... But the girls make it through the next round, too. Yeah. And um, there are old acapella group that was so out funny in the, and that's a see that's another like yeah. christopher guest yeah guest kind of thing yeah where it's like just you're right you're right it's just a little bit unrealistic but in a way that kind of satirizes everything absolutely and i so just they're like love selling it. cds yeah. of them <laughs> yeah yeah and you got i don't recognize two of them but the other two are um the guy from brooklyn 99 yeah I forget and the his guy name. from scrubs um, and i forget his name too yeah so probably just probably wasn't even worth saying that um but they're they're just i'll probably allowed to do a little bit of acapella outside this um event to hopefully yeah. make some money on their cds that are they just have to be terrible yeah um and then Adam Devine, who was so high and mighty and full of himself, is egging them on. Yeah. And they they, they try to <laughs> get into, into a, a fight. fight. Well, they try to get into a fight. <laughs> yeah. Because the guy, like the older guys, want to get into a fight, but Adam Devine is a wimp and doesn't really want to. And then Anna Kendrick starts the fight. I think she punches first. I think so. To try, yeah. And oh my gosh, the the guy that's in Brooklyn Nine Nine, he was so funny. He's like, please hit me. I need to feel something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's keep, he keeps getting hit. He's like, please hit me again. <laughs> I know it's weird. It's a little it's gross. Really weird. And then like the trophy breaks and breaks a window. Uh huh. Like it flies off and breaks a window. And then she's arrested. Mm -hmm. And of course, now her dad is very upset with her. And he's like, you're not going to L.A. now. Uh -huh. And she's like, are you going to at least listen to my side of the story? And he's like, nope, I'm a good dad. Yeah. Uh, classic romantic comedy move. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I felt like this scene, yes, it's like, oh, it's sad that she's there. But it felt like the movie was pretty aware of how cheesy this whole thing. I mean, there there were old acapella people fighting regular acapella people, mm -hmm. and it resulted in someone being arrested. Yeah, that, and that's why I think this movie is like 
a little is better than fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Like those details. It's like the movie knows what it is yeah. doing and how ridiculous all of this is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's based on a nonfiction book. How could it not be good? Um, and so then I don't think they actually did make it into the finals. They did because they have. It's like the first. They're like runner up. No, but they were runner up. But then they found out that someone I in the other group okay, was so a high schooler. Listen, Micah, for the regionals, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure they made it to the next round. And then in the semifinals. Oh, you're right. It's the next one. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So are we there? Yeah, we're going there and we're going to pick up some gas. Oh, so they're on their way. That's this yeah. one. And their rebel is driving their bus and is getting gas. And the tr- uh, treble makers are driving by and throw a burrito at her. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then I've she been never shot. I've <laughs> been shot. <laughs> she never got the gas. Uh-huh. So they run out of gas and have to get the treble makers to to give him a ride yeah. to the event. Funny. Yeah. And then at this event, there, there's this. And by the way, this whole time, Anna keeps being like, we shouldn't just do the same thing. People get bored when mm-hmm. we, when we play, let's, let's mix it up. Let's do something else. Yeah. That's her whole struggle. The whole time is like, let's do something else. And everyone seems to agree with her. But Becca being the leader is so like, it has to be tradition, tradition, tradition. Yeah. And we did forget to mention there's a sing off in this movie. What do they call it? A riff off. No, they call it a sing-off, I thought. I thought it was a riff-off. Oh, and uh, that's pretty hilarious because it is like they're in a location that's like, you know, maybe an alternate for Michael Jackson's Beat It video. And well, well, they're, they're, they're in a, a, um, a dry pool. That's what it is. A, a dry, like, like Olympic-sized swimming pool. Yeah. Um, which means the acoustics are going to be out of this world. That's true. You will get some great acoustics in there. And so they're singing and stuff, and yeah. they go back and forth. That one and... I got really uncomfortable because of the rapping. Yeah, like I felt, when, I felt so embarrassed when she rapped. But, that yeah. was embarrassing. That yeah. was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just imagining like this movie made 165 million worldwide. A lot of people saw her rap. I That's got to feel I weird. Um, and I didn't quite understand how the rules worked for this game. No, I didn't either. But. Cause, Cause it was like one, one person like couldn't remember the lyrics. And so they're like, you're out. And then Anna Kendrick's going for a while and no one's joining in on her team. And she kind of stops and then she just keeps rapping and they don't stop. But then like, they, but then he's like, you said the it word. Oh yeah. They, yeah. They said like, they said a certain word, like you didn't get it. Yeah. You didn't win. And it's like, what, what is this stupid game? <laughs> well, and, and I mean, they, they did say like, we, I didn't know that was a rule. So yeah, they didn't know either. But now we're at the the fi- the semifinals, right? I think so. Okay, and um, and then this is when there's like, like this is the that they do like she does a mashup in the final. She sings in the semifinals another song. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard. It, it is hard. But yeah, she out, out of nowhere does a mashup because everyone's like falling asleep during their set. Yeah, and really pisses Becca off, and they kick her off the team. Yeah. Um, but then Ben Platt, who, okay, so th- this is also something that I thought was, like, funny. They had to travel by bus to get here. Uh-huh. So this is a while away. And Ben Platt is, like, working as a tech person at this event. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just funny because it's like, wouldn't this venue already have its people? Right, right. And that, that's... That that's so like it's nothing against the movie. It was just like, you got to read the book because we needed him to be. You so got to read the book. He could discover that one of the people on the other team was still in high school, making their team ineligible. Yeah, 
Um, therefore, the Bellas got to go through to the finals. Yeah. And then this is like the romantic comedy low point, you know, that happens yeah. in comedies and it's romantic comedies. It's really not comedies. that bad, though. You're talking it's about between her and Jesse. Because it's not so much what's not said. It's how they're treating each other. It's how yeah. she treats him. Um, so it's it works. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, but it it always it just always bogs down. It's very few movies oh, that you're not, halt. you're not like, ugh, we have to do this part. But d- during, so it's during spring break. Um, yeah, when this all happens, and Brittany Snow gets her gets surgery for her nodes. Uh-huh. Um, Anna Kendrick watches Breakfast Club and yeah. feels something. Uh-huh. Um, she why, also, why did they like break up though? Because she was a jerk to him. She was so yeah. mean. Okay. Um, and 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 then she also though because she's no longer part of the Bellas, she's for spring break gets to be a DJ at night for the radio. So it's like, well, she's still going to get what she wants, you know, but over spring break discovers that she really loved this group and these people. Yeah. And wants to be part of it. And then, then something happens in our home while we're watching the movie. Okay. Now we have a large window and we like to leave it open as long as we can and just let soak in the light. I'll never understand people who have windows and just block them up because yeah. I like that light in. It makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And it's dark at this point, and we haven't shut them all the way. Our dog likes to look out the Gilmer window, too. Gilmer likes to look out. And I turn. And do you want to describe the story? You I'm might just describe watching the movie, minding my own business, and then I hear Micah yell, holy shit. And then I look over at the window and there is a gray pit bull right up against the window. And him and Gilmore are staring at each other <laughs> silently. It was like a ghost. Yeah, snout to snout it at was, the window, though. It was though. so scary. I don't understand how neither dog barked. It was it was genuinely so scary. And I, I don't think that I'm usually one to swear when I'm surprised. Yeah. I, or am I? Don't, I? I don't think so. So when you told me afterward that I said that, I was like, Really? I did? <laughs> but I was so scared. I was so scared. And and then you can keep going. If well, you yeah. Want. And then, so there's, there's this dog loose. I had a collar and I was trying to go outside to try and get the dog. And uh-huh. Micah wouldn't let me because it's a pit bull. And so, it's dark. And and you know what? It's dark. But you know what else, though? Uh, I was like, you're pregnant. If the dog attacks you, this is really bad. It didn't even show any hostility to no, our own No, I know, dog. I know. So I couldn't get outside in time because I didn't get permission from my husband to do so. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, by the time I did get outside, the dog was gone. And I hope it got back to its owner. Yeah. But we have these owners on the street who the dog gets out every couple months. Not this dog. No, no. I mean, this probably is their dog, let's but, be honest. But they, they have more and more dogs. And so when I saw it, I was like, it's got to be their dog. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cute dog. It it was a very cute dog. I I should have I should have just let it go. And let you go after him right away. But I was just worried. And, and you know, it's dark and I was like, you know, who's the owner? Is the owner around? I I No, I my, get it. I get my it. mind went to only bad scenarios yeah. and I think a lot of it had to do with it was just like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want you going outside. What's <laughs> gonna happen? Um so that happened. We shut the curtains. So that really put uh, put us made us pause the movie for a yeah. while. And then we have your favorite part of the movie. Oh yeah, so it's like getting up to the finals, and um, all the dudes at the Treblemakers are hanging out in their like house, which has a hot tub indoors, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is crazy. And 
They say something to Adam Devine. They're all in the hot tub. They're all too. in the hot tub too. Another it's great a big touch. hot tub. And Adam Devine is like, well, losers, I'm out of here. I just yeah. got hired to be one of John Mayer's backup singers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't care about any of you. I don't care about this anymore. I'm going to L.A. Yep. And starting my life. And that is such a funny joke. It's a great bit. That he's, he's throwing up. I mean, obviously, that's a big deal for anybody. But he is so like, I'm the best person in the world. I'm going to be a backup singer for John Mayer. Yeah. And John Mayer's such a funny poll, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they're, the Bellas are practicing mm -hmm. and she pukes again mm -hmm. and they have a big fight. The silent girl does a snow angel in the puke, which was a little tough to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, and she says, I ate my twin in the womb mm -hmm. quietly at one point. <laughs> and then, um, oh, I have another embarrassing story coming up. I just saw my notes. Oh, <laughs> so I've had two already. This there's a third? There's a third one. And I don't know if Did you know you this one. Did you get kicked out of your acapella group and you had to crawl no, your way back? No, we're almost there. We'll get to it. So Anna Kendrick comes back and is like, guys, I love you. Sorry for how I was. Please yeah. let me back in. And it's really up to Becca because she's the control freak. Yeah. And isn't going to. And then at the last second is like, okay, we do need you. And we do need to loosen up. Yeah. Let's all get to know each other a little bit more. And that's when they have the share circle. Yeah. And they get to know each other more, mm -hmm. and then things are going good, and they they practice uh, a couple of cooler songs that are mashups. Mm -hmm. They instantly get them. They, they pull a Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, of course. Uh, in this type of movie, that doesn't bother me at all. No, no, no. You know? No. Um, so, uh, and then they go to the finals. Mm -hmm. Now, there's someone who's playing, or, or no, 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 the, I, I think it shows the, the bad boys of acapella. The Troublemakers yeah, first. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do a, a great They show, like, their whole set. Yeah, and then the the Bellas come on, and it's like, ugh, what are they going to do this time? It's boring. And they come on, and they start singing that song. It's not about the money, money, money. Mm -hmm. You know that song? Mm -hmm. Now here's where my embarrassing story comes into play. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm none too proud of this. Uh, so I, when I was pretty young... Uh, probably, well, again, high school age, I got hired to play like a guy's like outdoor barbecue or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and so I was getting paid. I was going to do that. I, first of all, I went there and I got my one and only ticket. Uh, so like the show canceled itself out, which really upset oh, me. Oh, that sucks for speeding. Yeah. So I, I went there, uh, to check out the venue, the house, and then I drove home and I was speeding, which I, I didn't realize. I mean, that's usually how speeding goes, but uh, I got pulled over got a ticket and that was like the cost of me getting paid. Uh, and I hadn't even played the show yet. Yeah. And then the other thing was I had a bottled root beer in my cup holder. And oh no, did the cop ask you about no, it? No, 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 he didn't. But when he was checking my registration, okay, this is a fourth of embarrassing <laughs> so story. So this is you, Mike, this is what you did. This is just root beer. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck my head out the window and looked at him. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, officer, I just want you to know that this is a root beer. Oh my gosh, dude! So um, you're so guilty. And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I, and I, I actually thought that that Were would you be trying to do the Dumb and Dumber thing with him. You wanted him to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually thought that that would be charming enough too that he would be like, I'm not gonna get this kid a ticket. You know, he's a good kid. You yeah. know, uh, but he gave me a ticket. He was a jerk. Uh, <laughs> um, and so then. Uh, I go and I play the the gig that I was supposed to play, 
And I had worked up a version of this song. And I played of this song that they were singing the in. money money song. Wow. And I played it. And I'm very embarrassed by that fact. I don't I don't really remember the song, so it's kind of like re- not it's not totally reggae, but it has that kind of white Rasta okay. reggae feel a little bit. Okay. Um I I actually don't know if the if the uh, I don't know. I don't know. it ha- it has that feel. It doesn't feel like true reggae, mm-hmm. I guess I should say. I don't know anything about the band. Mm-hmm. Um now, having said all that, I played it, and you know it was like mostly adults, but there's a lot of kids there too. And I looked at kids my age, and they they like perked up, and they looked at me, and it was a look of like, oh brother. Oh no. So that's my. Did other you know one. these people? No. Oh okay. Does uh, that make it a little? Bit I better? never played it again. Yeah. Yeah. You knew right away. And oh, I forgot it was. <laughs> It was a mashup of Pink Floyd's Money and this song. So I'd go, bow, bow, no, bow, 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 and I would solo for a long time. And then I turned it into this song and sang. Hmm. Pretty bad. Pretty wow. bad. Wow. I'm not proud of it. Yeah. A lot of bad artistic moments here. We all have them. You got to yeah. have them. You got to have them. So, yeah, this has been a real rake and Mike over the coals episode, hmm. but brought to you by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they they do a an epic performance, and then while they're playing, they mash it up with "Don't you forget about me." And Jesse lifts up his hand and does the thing. I think that's a great moment, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously they get back together. It mm-hmm. they say, and the winner is hard cut to tryouts next year. Mm-hmm. And the girls have the well. They say whoever who the people who get to pick the audition song are the people who won the championship last year. And then it cuts to the Bellas, and they have yeah. the trophy. And I think that that's a clever way to do it. Yeah. Instead of like dragging it this movie out. This ends so quickly. I love it. Yeah. The only the only change I'd make though is one we don't hear what song she has them sing because doesn't she say like oh and then it cuts. Yeah. What do we need to know? I want to know what song. Now we gotta watch Pitch Perfect Two to find out. <laughs> it it takes it starts immediately <laughs> right at that moment, um, just like Harold and Kumar too. Um, uh, so have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. And oh. it and it's like immediately after the first movie which is always so fascinating when a sequel does that it's always like whoa we're doing it um anyway uh it should have ended on a freeze frame though right yeah that would have been thematically good better yeah yeah because they they make well they they don't mention the freeze frame but they talk about breakfast club so much and i guess that they didn't talk about it though i I think i think they should have because then people it would it would have been subconscious but People oh, like yeah. us would have watched it. it would have been like, complete. ah, yes. So that's pitch perfect. I right really on. like it. I think it's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. Um, and then next week it's pitch perfect too. I don't think I've seen it, or I have. I can't remember. Uh, and on Patreon, it's Twenty One Jump Street. We already talked about that. Yeah. Well, um, we did talk. We talked about Twenty Two. Do you know how many episodes we have left until we're until we're off maternity leave? Twelve. Less. Nice. How much? After this episode, we have 10 left, including recording Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Fast X. Oh. So we only have eight more main regular episodes. Got it. And we've recorded all our Patreon. Very cool. And then we can go on maternity leave. Very, very cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.